Welcome to our podcast on A Course in Miracles, and this is our third commentary on the Song of Prayer. So just to summarize, mostly what it's saying is uh, prayer is not entreaty, it's not asking for things. Prayer, the only real prayer is being clear on your oneness with your Creator. And in that oneness, all your needs are already met. Wouldn't you say that's what we talked about? Right. And then when you pray for others or with others, um, you see them in that prayer of oneness. Anything else would be a lower level on the ladder of prayer. Um, Like if if a friend has a problem and you're praying for that specific problem, then you've also made the problem real. So you're praying for your own divine connection and for the will of your Creator to be made manifest. And that's the only real prayer, and that will solve the problem that the friend is having. And you bring the friend into that that prayer for yourself, and it says prayer is always for yourself. Mm-hmm. Even, even if it's involving another person, you're still bringing that person into the prayer for yourself. So that's pretty much summarizing what we covered so far. So this last section, it's called the ladder ends. So this ladder of prayer, it's, it's still discussing. Okay, prayer is a way to true humility. And here again, it rises slowly up and grows in strength and love and holiness. Let it but leave the ground where it began to rise to God, and true humility will come at last to grace the mind that thought it was alone and stood against the world. Humility brings peace because it does not claim that you must rule the universe, nor judge all things as you would have them be. All little gods it gladly lays aside, not in resentment, but in honesty and recognition that they do not serve. How do you see that? Well, <clears throat> I guess little gods would be things you would ask for, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So we're laying aside the need to ask for things. Yeah, it says, it is not easy to realize that prayer for things, for status, for human love, for external gifts of any kind, are always made to set up jailers and to hide from guilt. Mm. So, I mean, it's not that the things are inherently bad, but why do we ask for the things if we don't have this sense of lack, right? Mm -hmm. We ask for things because we think we don't have them. Mm -hmm. So why is it we don't think we have them? It's because we've separated our 
our mind from our divine source. Like if we were truly connected to our divine source, we wouldn't have any needs. You know, we wouldn't have uh, we wouldn't have things that are unfulfilled. So, why do we separate from our divine source? Well, we have guilt, and that's what separates us from our divine source. And then, in that separation, we we have needs. Well, this is saying, well, the needs, it, within the needs, inherent within the needs are this underlying guilt from your separation. Mm-hmm. So all needs that you're asking for have some element of guilt in them, mm-hmm. and they become your enemy. Mm-hmm. So, so that's why it's important to shift your focus to this one prayer for your divine connection, in which that's true. You really are connected to your source and you're aware of it and all your needs are already met and there's no guilt. So it'd be, thank you for my divine connection to my creator? Yeah. Something like that. Something like that, yeah. All right, so that's what this this last part is saying. All little gods it gladly lays aside not in resentment, but in honesty and recognition that they do not serve. So you don't perceive any needs because you're certain that everything is provided for in this divine connection. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. So illusions and humility have goals so far apart they cannot coexist nor share a dwelling place where they can meet. Where one has come, the other disappears. The truly humble have no goal but God because they need no idols and defense no longer serves a purpose. Enemies are useless now because humility does not oppose. It does not hide in shame because it is content with what it is, knowing creation is the will of God. Its selflessness is self, and this it sees in every meeting where it gladly joins with every son of God whose purity it recognizes that it shares with him. So I like that about the true humility, the humble person, their only goal is God. Right? Isn't that what it said? Yeah, the truly humble have no goal but God because they need no idols, which would be needs mm-hmm. in defense, and defense is no longer a purpose. Enemies are useless because humility does not oppose. I think, you know, practically speaking, you know, everybody... has needs like you need to go to the grocery and buy food right Mm -hmm. I mean you could see that as a need Um, but you could also see it as an expression of divine providence 
where the need is already met and this going to the grocery to buy food is just part of the dance of your divine existence you know that you see everything you do that's practical in this holiness of God's love you know so that even going to the grocery to buy food becomes a worship you know it becomes a act of of a divine expression so it in that way it, it takes the need out of it mm. it's like there are plenty of things we do in our day that are physical things but i think if we saw them you know like this saying of babaji work is worship then they are kind of enveloped in this holiness you know my holiness envelops everything i see is a lesson it's lesson 36 mm-hmm. so what is this holiness that envelops everything i see and if if i were really in that holiness that that there would be no division of my actions and everything i would do would be an expression of my divine connection not like that okay so then even if it's paying a bill or going <clears throat> going to the grocery to buy food or filling up your car with gasoline it's still part of a divine action everything i do is an expression of my divine connection that's yeah. cool. that's beautiful everything i do is an expression of my divine connection mm-hmm. and then and then it's it's humble it's like prayer is true humility mm-hmm. so then it becomes part of the one prayer and the one prayer is this divine connection mm-hmm. so let's read on now prayer is lifted from the world of things of bodies and of gods of every kind and you can rest in holiness at last humility has come to teach you how to understand your glory as god's son and recognize the arrogance of sin a dream has veiled the face of christ from you now can you look upon his sinlessness high has the ladder risen you have come almost to heaven there is little more to learn before the journey is complete now can you say to everyone who comes to join in prayer with you i cannot go without you for you are a part of me and so he is in truth now can you pray only for what you truly share with him for you have understood he never left and you who seemed alone are one with him well so that's you know when the, it was saying well can you pray for people or pray with others yes but you're bringing them into this space of a holy connection in which there isn't even seeing the otherness of them they are part of you you are part of them you are both part of the divine creation and then that oneness is the prayer can you just review this first paragraph here yeah praying with others 
Until the second level at least begins, one cannot share in prayer, for until that point each one must ask for different things. But once the need to hold the other as an enemy has been questioned, and the reason for doing so has been recognized, if only for an instant, it becomes possible to join in prayer. Enemies do not share a goal. It is this, in this, their enmity is kept. Their separate wishes are their arsenals, their fortress in hate. The key to rising further still in prayer lies in the simple thought, this change of mind. We go together, you and I. Okay. So, you know, it's like this separation we feel between ourselves and other people, I think that's what that's talking about. The separation makes everybody your enemy or uh, something opposed to you. So then this joining in the one will of your creator sees them as not separate from you. And so any prayer you make is for everybody else, you know, because you're joined with them. I cannot go without you, for you are part of me. Now you can say to everyone who comes to join in prayer with you, I cannot go without you, for you are part of me. And so he is in truth. Now can you pray only for what you truly share with him? Well, you know, if we're praying for our divine connection and our awareness of our divine connection, that would be everybody else too, mm -hmm. because they're equally connected to the divine. So, uh, yes, you can pray for others at that level where you're going right to the source. And it's kind of like the let me recognize the problem so it can be solved. You know, the problem, the only one problem is separation. So the true prayer is to end the separation. And then in ending your separation with God, you're also ending your separation from all your brothers and sisters. So you're including everyone on the planet in this, in this prayer for your connection to your source. When you say that's what right. it's saying, mm -hmm. yeah, okay. The adder, the latter ends with this: for learning is no longer needed. Now you stand before the gate of heaven, and your brother stands beside you there. The lawns are deep and still, for here the place appointed for the time when you should come has waited long for you. Here will time end forever. At this gate, eternity itself will join with you. Prayer has become what it was meant to be, for you have recognized the Christ in you. That's what the real thing is for prayer, is recognizing the Christ in you, right? So, What do you want to say about that? Well, if we did that, if we did recognize the Christ in ourselves, we would not have any problems to pray about, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, that's that's pretty clear. <laughs> yeah. That's what the whole first section of this uh, song of prayer mm -hmm. is meant to get us to do. Mm -hmm. Is like you know, 
all these lower level problems, we think we're praying to solve them, but they're actually distracting us from the real prayer or the true prayer. You know, if we pray for things, if we entreat, if we ask for our needs to be met when we first perceive the needs that aren't even really there, um, we're in this kind of lack of faith, um, insecurity, uh, feeling inadequate. You know, it, it even says in the beginning, you know, when you pray like that, it's, it's almost impossible to escape feeling inadequate. So we want to try to rise above that. Yeah. All right. Okay. So you. so we're there. All right. So then the, the next yeah, I'm going to read that again. Prayer has become what it was meant to be, for you have recognized the Christ in you. So that, I mean, that's really the, the true prayer, is to be the Christ. I recognize the Christ in myself. To recognize the I Christ in you. Creator. Yeah. I recognize the Christ in myself. We, you know, that lesson, uh, I think it's 354. We stand together, Christ and I, in peace and certainty of purpose, and in him is his creator as he is in me. So, the Christ is God's son who recognizes his identity in God. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like when Christ said, I and my father are one. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Christ has fully realized his his oneness with his creator. There's no separation yeah. in the Christ, all right? So we somehow have forgotten who we are and we perceive this self that's separate from what God created and that's where the problem is. So the whole Course in Miracles is designed for us to undo this self we made mm -hmm. and reestablish our connection to our divine source so that we can also say, I and my Father are one. Mm -hmm. And then in doing that, we, bec we, we recognize the Christ in us. We stand together, Christ and I, in peace and certainty of purpose. In him is his creator. Well, what's that mean? Well, in Christ is only his creator, only his awareness of his creator. No matter what it is he does, he does it in this grace of God, you know, grace of God consciousness. So, all right, so he, in him, in me is Christ, and in Christ is this awareness of his divine connection. So then our job is to be aware of the Christ in us because in doing so 
then we are also aware of our divine connection. So I like to, I am aware of the Christ in myself, and everything I do is an expression of my connection to the divine. Is that right? Yeah. Everything yeah. I do is that, that how you said it? That's the true prayer. Everything that's the only I do prayer. It's an expression of yeah. my connection to And me. then every smaller problem that you perceive in life will be solved by that one that one focus. And wouldn't it be great to have one solution to every problem? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right, so then Let's that's close with that idea. That's the that's the function of this first part of the song of prayer, and then it starts to get into um, forgiveness. So maybe we can just um, read one paragraph in that section and talk about it. Forgive number two in this song of prayer. Number one was um, the true prayer yeah number one was true prayer which we've been discussing for three days and number two now is forgiveness introduction forgiveness offers wings to prayer to make its rising easy and its progress swift Without its strong support, it would be vain to try to rise above prayer's bottom step or even to attempt to climb at all. Forgiveness is prayer's ally, sister in the plan for your salvation. Both must come to hold you up and keep your feet secure, your purpose steadfast and unchangeable. Behold the greatest help that God ordained to be with you until you reach to him. Illusion's end will come with this. Unlike the timeless nature of its sister, prayer, forgiveness has an end, for it becomes unneeded when the rising up is done. Yet now it has a purpose beyond which you cannot go, for you have need to go. Nor, nor have you need to go. Accomplish this and you have been redeemed. Accomplish this and you have been transformed. Accomplish this and you will save the world. No gift of heaven has been more misunderstood than has forgiveness. Mm. It has in fact become a scourge, a curse where it was meant to bless a cruel mockery of grace, a parody upon the holy peace of God. Yet those who have not yet chosen to begin the steps of prayer cannot but use it thus. Forgiveness's kind, kindness is obscure at first because salvation is not understood nor truly sought. What was meant to heal is used to hurt because forgiveness is not wanted guilt becomes salvation and the remedy appears to be a terrible alternative to life. Well, I mean, we'll get into this more tomorrow, but, um, you know, forgiveness, first it's saying that there's prayer and then there's this action of forgiveness, which is uh, the catalyst for arriving at true prayer. You know, like without forgiveness, I would still be blind. And so forgiveness is going to show me 
my misperceptions and and help me let go of them. So where it's saying we've misperceived per, even forgiveness, you know, like uh, just to be kind of a little summary of how I understand this problem is the world sees forgiveness as you did something wrong and I'm going to overlook it. Mm -hmm. Okay? So that's still separation. True forgiveness is seeing that one, whatever it is you did is also a mistake in myself to correct. And that what you did is only existing at the ego level and at your true self you never made the mistake anyway so it's a higher level of being that you're seeing you're replacing like if i see you as a personality who's made a lot of mistakes and you're um you're guilty and because i'm good i'm going to let you off the hook then I'm misperceiving you in the first place. It's like I'm making you guilty first so that I can ref I can forgive your guilt. True forgiveness is seeing that at your in your real self you didn't do anything that is guilty. Mm. So there's nothing to forgive. And I have to see myself that way too. So so this is saying that, you know, no gift of heaven has been more misunderstood than has forgiveness. That's true. So we should go more into this in the next yeah, few tomorrow. dialogues. Okay. But I think today, I think we've we've got clear about true prayer is always for you to connect with your God self, the Christ, and and that's that's the highest prayer and the most effective prayer. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. So, I am one with Christ. I am united with Christ. So how would you like to summarize the whole thing? And that'll well, be it. The main thing that I get out of it is that um, we, we shouldn't be begging for something in prayer because that's a very low form. Mm -hmm. And that real prayer is acknowledging our oneness with Christ or our oneness with God. And... Like you said, that everything we do is an expression of that connection. Yeah. Everything we do today is an expression of our connection with God. And, um, yeah, including making this podcast because <laughs> we're trying to, what we're trying to do in the podcasts are um, share with everyone listening our process in coming to a higher understanding. You know, it's, like we're asking the Holy Spirit to show us what true prayer is. And I think for these last few days, the, we, we, we can all be pretty clear. We can all pray that everyone be included in our, our action of this divine connection. And then when that divine connection is authentic, we're, we're essentially asking to connect with the Christ because the Christ is connected to his creator. Thank you. Thank you.